Hi, everyone. Dr. Elizabeth Bonet here and Dr. Liz. If this is your first time listening, then welcome. I hope you like what you hear. And if you do, please share it with a friend or family member. If you would like to get some free hypnosis files, then that's really easy to do. I offer one to reduce fear and anxiety, another one to increase emotional stability, and a third for a better pregnancy and birth. So you can get those over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z hypnosis.com. Or you can text the word hypnotize to 444-999. That's the word hypnotize to 444-999. I think it's like such an easy way to join the newsletter. That's why I offer it. Before we go into today's episode, I do need to say the podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need psychotherapy or hypnotherapy, please seek treatment from a trained professional. Now, I do do hypnosis all over the world. That's done through Skype or WhatsApp, or sometimes someone has a U.S. phone number or a calling card type thing. Whatever it is, we work it out. But if you'd like to see how to work with me or learn more about me, whether you're local or from afar, you can do that over at my website. That's drlizhypnosis.com. I offer a free 15-minute telephone consultation. So that's a great way to get a sense of what it would be like to work with me and to ask any questions you may have about that. You know, sometimes people decide to fly in and see me and they'll do a intensive couple of days and then they'll vacation here because I am in South Florida, which is really nice most of the year. Fort Lauderdale is right above Miami. So we have beautiful beaches and gorgeous water that's warm to swim in. So people really enjoy that. All right. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, listeners. Dr. Liz here. Well, this is an appropriate intro this week because I was up most of the night with the dog who got diarrhea, Zoe the dog, and she was in and out and in and out. We do have a dog door. Thank God we have a dog door, <laughs> but <laughs> I was still um, up attending to her and was sleeping on the couch because she wanted to be near me and rather than the bedroom and her running from the bedroom, it's easier for her to run outside from the couch. So she went to the vet this morning. She's all good, actually. But I am pretty sleepless. <laughs> I know this feeling well. I have actually struggled with insomnia since very young, which is why I absolutely love helping people with insomnia. I know a lot, a lot, a lot about it, all through self-education, basically, which you'll hear in the interview. And I love talking to people about sleep as well. So I was so happy to have the connection with Dr. Shu to be able to talk to her about sleep. Now, I don't think it's clear in the interview, but I do want to tell you that she was a visiting resident for two years at the Stanford Center for Sleep Sciences and Medicine. And what she was doing actually was not just being trained thoroughly in CBTI, Cognitive Behavior Therapy for Insomnia, she was also developing a Mandarin version of it 
to adapt to the Chinese population. So she's doing really important work there. So I wanted to make that clear because I don't think that really comes across in the interview. Just so you know, there is a free hypnosis for insomnia on the podcast. It is actually one of my most downloaded episodes. It's always in the top five. And at one point I ran a replay on it and both the original and the replay are in the top five pretty much consistently. So that is, it's episode 40 is the original episode. So if you're struggling, you're going to get lots of tips in this interview, but you can also go and listen to episode 40. And of course, you can always reach out to me too, if you'd like some help with insomnia or to Dr. Shu. Now I'm going to give you another resource. Today's episode is sponsored by Hourglass Healing Arts. So this clinic just opened in South Florida, and it is founded by a board-certified acupuncture physician, Dr. Crystal Kekulichi, and a licensed massage therapist, Thomas Velachi. They offer acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, medical massage, cupping, homeopathy. They have a full herbal pharmacy, and all of the herbs are tested for impurities and are sustainable. Now, I've known both of them for years, and I've known Dr. Kekalichi for a really long time, and these are both just excellent, honest, ethical practitioners, and that's so important when you're looking for a practitioner, it really is. Both acupuncture and massage, I consider really energetic healing arts. And so it's really important to find someone that you vibe with. Like really, you feel good walking in. You feel good when they're working on you. You don't feel uncomfortable. And I can tell you, these are both really good people. So if you're in South Florida, please give them a call if you're looking for a practitioner. I will often refer people struggling with insomnia to acupuncture as well as massage. It's the rare person who, if you are really struggling with sleep, you don't fall asleep during a massage. It feels so good. But definitely acupuncture is helpful too for insomnia. So I think the combination approach is very effective. You can call them at 954 that's in Wilton Manors, which is the Fort Lauderdale area. You can also see their website, hourglasshealingart.com. You can also look them up on Facebook and Instagram. Their Instagram is hourglass underscore healing underscore arts. And I took a look at it because I know Dr. Kakalichi is an amazing photographer. I've seen her stuff for years and it is just starting, but already she has a really beautiful photos up there. So take a look at it. You'll find some information about healing arts as well as see some really beautiful photographs. And if you're not in South Florida, you can always call and schedule a consultation with Dr. Kakalichi. She is definitely up for that and has such a breadth of knowledge. So it's important to find people you trust when getting information about how to move forward with your health. All right, let's jump into the episode. Hi, welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast this week. I have Dr. Ishan Shu, who is a sleep specialist, and I am so excited to have her on. So I have 
lots of questions for you, Ishan. I love talking about sleep. So let's jump right in with it. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for having me. So tell me how you first got interested in the topic of sleep. Yes, I actually got interested in sleep when I was young, but back then it was really just curiosity because um, my dad snored a lot when I was a child. (laughs) Surprisingly, for many, many years, I thought it was normal. I thought every male adult actually snores. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I asked my friends. They're like, yeah, my dad snores too. It just, I guess, uh, my dad snored much louder. So I always have these kind of questions back in my mind, huh? Why I dream? Why why he snores? Sleep is very interesting. Can can you stop someone snoring? Uh Did it keep you awake? Definitely. It did. Okay. I didn't know. Yes. Like, you know, sometimes as a child, like these background noises are just, they're part of your home, they're background. Mm-hmm. But you're saying, no, no, it kept me awake. Yeah, not all the time, but definitely I notice if I'm stressed out or I have a test coming, I have some important things already in my mind, mm-hmm. sleep already kind of difficult for me that day. And he snores so loud that I can hear him across different walls. That <laughs> definitely kept me awake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were, had an interest as a child and then you grew mm-hmm. up, right? <laughs> and yeah. did you decide to study it in graduate school or how did that happen for you? Yeah, so I did not get a chance to know more about sleep uh, in graduate school when I studied clinical psychology surprisingly they don't teach that in graduate school but after I got my license uh, uh no after actually I got my PhD before I got my license I noticed Stanford has a sleep center mm-hmm. so I was very surprised I don't know uh there's such thing called sleep center that you really just study sleep and do a lot of uh, treatment mm-hmm. to sleep disorder so that's the first time I knew about it, but I did not go to study to study it and uh, to Stanford to study it until I got my license. And then I um, learned a lot more about sleep there for about two years part time. And that's that. Yeah, that definitely correct a lot of my misunderstandings about sleep for all these years. Yeah, and you make a good point. I didn't learn about sleep in my graduate studies either. In fact, they told us always to assess sleep, like, you know, ask Mm -hmm. somebody, how is your sleeping? How is your eating? There's these sort of standard questions that we ask when a new client comes in. But they told us nothing about, okay, what do you do when someone says well, I'm sleeping awful, or I can't fall asleep, or, you know, I'm up all night, or any of that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. I found myself stuck in clinical work a lot of time when people come back, say, oh, I cannot sleep well. I sometimes tell them sleep hygiene, just the basic, you know, sleep environment stuff. And then they came back, say, I still cannot sleep. I did everything you said. And then I got really stuck. I don't have more. I can tell you what, how I can, I can help you with your sleep. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So then you decide to study it on your own, basically. 
Yes, I, I did have a mentor. Uh, Dr. Fiona Barwick was my mentor, and uh, um, she would teach me CBT for insomnia, how to treat insomnia. That actually is the first-line treatment of insomnia right now in many countries. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an excellent program. I think it's so cute, too, that it's called CBTI. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's CBT <laughs> for all kinds of disorders. CBT yes. is cognitive behavior therapy. It is excellent for anxiety and OCD and, you know, all these different dis- disorders, but they don't call it like CBTO for OCD, right? Or CBTA yeah. for anxiety, but somehow this right. insomnia program is called CBTI. So, yeah, they really make it sound different. It does. It does. So then you got this training and became essentially a sleep specialist. Yes. So uh, after I learned it, I knew so much about it. And then I start running my own CBTI group in both Mandarin and English. And I also treat people individually to really help them to recover from their insomnia. And I, I definitely found it's very helpful. People, after they learn more about sleep and change some of their sleep habit, how they think about sleep, how they handle their worries associated with sleep, they actually can sleep much better. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is the, let's say, like a success rate range? Because I know there's a whole range there of someone yes. after they get treatment for insomnia, not like um, medications, but CBT type treatment. Yeah, so CBTI itself without medication, the treatment successful rate is about 75% and above across all United States. That's what I heard. That's amazing. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite a good data, quite good uh, successful rate. And CBTI, this method itself, it um, rely on our natural body signal of falling asleep. So a lot of people actually in the course of the treatment, they would eventually stop taking sleep medication or no need to even consider that anymore. That was actually one of my questions. Before I asked the question, when I started to research CBTI, I realized that I was doing most of the program anyway. Like people come to me for hypnosis for insomnia generally, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so I do have a hypnosis focus there, but I do all this education around sleep and sleep hygiene and taking the stress off of sleep, right? Like looking at the cognitive thoughts. So it is an incredible program too, the CBTI Yes, sounds like definitely you are doing uh, a lot of that. A lot of time we educate people about sleep. Mm -hmm. Uh, We quote research papers, help people understand what a normal sleep really look like to to help them um, not have misperceptions about sleep anymore. So all that is to help people reduce the anxiety towards sleep. That is the thing that I find clients react the most to when I say, I pretty much lead with, you know, this whole like eight hours solid where nobody wakes up is a myth, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's like people wake up all the time lightly through through the night, actually. And I think the average is, is it like eight to 10 times? 
Yeah, the average actually more than that. The average the the data I saw is uh twelve times or more per night. Okay, twelve times or more. So that's entering a lighter brainwave state where you're entering more like alpha and you know that hypnagogic state where you're waking up a little bit and then falling back to sleep essentially. Yeah. So when we sleep, we are rotating between different stage. Light, light stage of、uh, sleep, going to deep stage, going back to light sleep.、Uh, light sleep, and the first half of our sleep normally、uh, is deep sleep, and then REM sleep happen、uh, during the second half of the、mm-hmm. sleep mostly. Yes. Wonderful. So then, when somebody knows that, it makes them feel. Much better. Like, oh, there's nothing wrong with me here. If I'm <laughs> cycling right through these phases of sleep. Yeah, exactly. I definitely saw people just by knowing. Oh, actually, it's very healthy and normal and totally okay to wake up multiple times per night.、Mm-hmm. After they know that, they just immediately feel a sense of relief, and they feel less anxious. Yes. Definitely. So then, another question I have is: Do you recommend a sleep study for people? Good question. It really depends. Normally, I would ask them questions, assess them, and then decide whether I want to recommend them to a sleep study. A sleep study can really help them figure out other type of sleep disorders, not just、uh, nothing to do really to do with insomnia. It helps them figure out whether they、uh, they're they're breathing normally during sleep, whether there are other kind of、uh, live movement.、Uh, so it can be very helpful to rule out other type of sleep disorders. If some、uh, patients they have both insomnia and sleep. Uh, apnea, for example,、mm-hmm. then they have to treat both separately. A lot of time, we would recommend them to treat sleep apnea first,、mm-hmm. and then come back to treat insomnia. Or else, if we just target the insomnia, their sleep won't necessarily get better. True, true. So, sleep apnea, for the listeners who don't know, is when someone stops breathing briefly during sleep, and so you get this. Effect of where it's like. I, I mean, I wish I could play a sound effect here, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's almost like they're holding their breath, is what it sounds like if you're the partner sleeping next to them, and then all of a sudden they're like, <gasps> and then and they start breathing again. But it can be actually quite dangerous depending on the severity of it. Right, and then of course I figured out my dad has sleep apnea.、Wow. That's why he snored so loudly. So snoring is not a necessary symptom.、Uh, some people who snores they may not have sleep apnea. Some people they have sleep apnea, but they don't snore.、Um, but the like stop breathing suddenly and try really hard to breathe at night you just described is also very common. So sometimes、uh, if they come in. They report some kind of、uh, symptoms associated, like you know, that direction.、Mm-hmm. Uh, or in the morning, they feel dry mouth, headache, a lot of this kind of symptom. Or at night, they did find themselves some kind of difficulty breathing.、Mm-hmm. So after assessing, I would say I would think, well, I cannot really、uh, tell. I really want them to 
do a sleep study, then I would recommend they will find a sleep center and do the sleep study. Okay, wonderful. And is that a pretty standard thing to have a sleep study, like internationally, or is that mainly a a U.S. type of thing? Yeah,、uh, definitely a good question. It's not internationally, not yet, unfortunately. So I was trained in you in the U.S. So I thought、uh, sleep center is such a common thing. There are so many sleep centers now in each city or in most cities.、Um, there is a directory online you can search which sleep center is near yourself. But when I went back to China and tried to help my dad to be Tested. I found it was really hard. I could not really find many sleep centers. Not many hospitals knew what sleep study is, or they don't. Similarly to me before, they don't know their sleep specialist sleep disorders can be tested and treated. Even in my hometown, it's a six million population town, and there's no sleep center there yet. Wow. Okay, so if you're listening to this from another country, it may not be a possibility for you. But does it mean that there's not other things that you can do to help yourself? But it's something to consider if you are in a country or a town or a city that does have a sleep center. Then it's something to consider. Yes. Okay. So how do I want to get back to a question that crossed my mind earlier? Is how can people wean off of sleep? Medication, like, is there a way that's considered more safe than others, or can they stop them cold turkey? Like, what's your recommendation around that?、Mm-hmm. I think different、uh, sleep psychologists have different recommendations. So, what medication does、uh, sleeping pills does exactly is to help train our brain and body, tell our brain that we need something external. To put ourselves down, to knock ourselves down, basically put us into sleep. So we will develop this kind of dependency to sleeping pills, to medication, and actually medication they、um, really interfere with our sleep quality. After we take the pills, we may be able to fall asleep quicker, but we are not sleeping better. Our deep sleep, our REM sleep, all、uh, got suppressed when we take medication, and our daily function the day after may be impacted by the medication, the side effects. So、uh, a lot of time when people have this dependency, they just always want to go for it. So the way we help people is to help them. Really listen to the body. Understand your body, your sleep mechanism. It's not broken. It works fine. But you just have to listen to your body. Understand what your body wants. When your body feels sleepy, when you need to go to bed, what can you do to help yourself feel relaxed? To relax your body, calm your mind, and a lot of time. Uh, when we use some strategies to help people behaviorally and cognitively, people will notice. Oh, actually, I'm sleeping better. Even occasionally, 
One night I don't take my pills, I can still sleep fine. Slowly, people build up this confidence and have more hope, and they are willing to try to pause or eventually stop the medication. So that's the gentle way of doing that.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know some clinical psychologists; they they don't they don't want to be this gentle because when you slowly tap. Down the medication. What happens is you have these difficult symptoms or increased symptoms of insomnia short-termly.、Mm. So make people very anxious and scared along the way. Every time they tap down the medication, the symptom come back a little bit more. That keeps the medication going, right?、Mm-hmm. So some psychologists prefer、um, like the first. Week or two during the treatment, really tell all the patients that you know pros and cons of medication.、Uh, recommend them all to just stop sleeping medication early on, and then expect some return of the symptom while they are trying CBTI. Yeah, that sounds harsh. Right, <laughs> like yes, <the> <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> and that, honestly, I don't. I haven't met that many people really willing to do that either, because then they feel like they can't function during that time period. Like if I am awake, what feels like almost all night. Really, when you look at it, it's people generally get a couple hours of sleep in there, but they feel like they're awake all night. Then how am I supposed to go to work the next day? Is the objection、yeah. I get if I were to su- suggest something like that? I would, I'm sure. Yeah, it's 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 quite hard, and also for the Chinese population, it's even harder. I would say. Why is that?、Uh, what I noticed, and many like I talked to several medical doctors、um, who are Chinese, so we noticed for Chinese population, there's a strong. Believe that if there's something going wrong, you go for medication, and because sleep science is not very popular in China or among Chinese populations, there's not a lot of education about sleep. So、uh, a lot of Chinese who are as、uh, like you know、uh, who have insomnia, they prefer taking medication, and it's very difficult. For them to let the medication go,、mm-hmm. especially the older population. So some doctors telling me、uh, they are treating Chinese population who are not willing to do that. So they use both medication and CBTI to reach a better result.、Mm-hmm. So they may not be willing to stop medication. Yeah, I can understand that absolutely. So what would be your top three tips? For calming the body down, like beginning to listen to those signals at night.、Mm, yeah, good question. I think the first one、uh, is very important: is to give ourselves, give our brain a buffer time at night. No one can work,、uh, be excited until the moment of sleep.、Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people; they work really hard. And then the moment they close the computer, boom! They expect themselves to go to bed, fall asleep immediately. That's really hard.、Mm-hmm. I think I think our brain need a transition period from being awake to being asleep. So if we can give ourselves half an hour to one hour or more at night, 
uh, after we doing everything, we close everything down. We just do something very relaxing before we go to bed. That can be quite helpful, especially if we do that consistently.、Mm-hmm. Yes, for me, it's reading. Like I've always read right before I go to sleep. But what do you find works well for other people? Like, what kind of ideas do people come up with? All these years, we see a long list of things people、yeah. can do. It really varies from people to people.、Uh, some people like, you know, hot bath. Some people actually they like cleaning the kitchen,、uh-huh. <laughs> doing some household work,、uh-huh. or going through their closet,、um, sorting the clothes <laughs> for for the next day or the week.、Hmm. Uh, yeah, making lunch for the next day. Or some people like to do some,、um, you know, craft、um, work to、really? to have fun and feel soothing. Yeah, craft work, huh? I'm a、mm-hmm. quilter. Myself. Oh, yeah, but that would definitely wake me up because then I start thinking about the design and the, how <laughs> my progress, you know. Right, stuff, right? right, exactly. So for some people, that's very soothing. For others, that's、yeah. definitely a no-no. Well, during the daytime, it's very meditative for me. Like I really love it. it there is a soothing component, but I would find right、mm-hmm. before bed that probably wouldn't work for me. Right. Just like I found at one point, I was reading a lot of business books. I can't do that right before I go to bed too. Like it has to be not business related, like fiction、uh, or you know something like that,、yes. right? Literature,、uh-huh. like easy reading. Yeah. See, this is exactly you are figuring out yourself. You are listening to your own body. This is a great example. You know what soothes your body at night before you go to bed. So part of it is just having people like begin to recognize that and begin to try some of these things.、Mm-hmm. Yes, and I would say another big tip is trying some kind of a meditation.、Um, some of the meditation work can really help us to calm down our mind and relax our body at the same time. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big fan of meditation and. When I work with someone around insomnia, I talk about meditation. Actually, in the middle of the night, sometimes when someone really is fully awake, and I said it's a great time to meditate. And usually, in meditation, one of the goals is to stay awake, right? Like if you're in a center or something, a monk would come along and and whack you across the back or something to wake you up if you're falling asleep, right? But、mm-hmm. when you're dealing with insomnia, I say the goal there is to meditate and then drift into sleep, and that's perfectly fine at that point.、Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. There are certain type of uh, relaxation uh, audios or、um, skills you can definitely practice either during the daytime or. Uh, right before you sleep, and a lot of people tell me when they do the muscle relaxation skill, the exercise,、mm-hmm. they would fall asleep halfway through because it's so relaxing. Yes, and I have found that I have people who I see people for all kinds of things for hypnosis, and they will often come back and say, you know. This helps me sleep amazingly well. <laughs> like they're working on something completely <laughs> different. I had a, someone who's picking her heels, oh, and had restless legs, and she's like, "This is amazing 
I no longer have restless legs and I'm able to fall asleep and sleep so much better just by listening to this because yeah. it has that progressive muscle relaxation, similar type at the beginning. So that's a wonderful. Yeah, I definitely, I even had people during my online CBTI group, someone would just fall asleep at the end when I lead the meditation. <laughs> great right yeah yeah even they complain they never can fall asleep easily but (laughs) that happens sometimes yeah wonderful all right so i have a couple of other questions that some listeners submitted do you mind if i ask them oh yeah definitely okay great one thing is that some people seem to take a much longer time in the morning to wake up than others. So some people can get up, they get dressed, they're out of the house in like 10 minutes. And then other people, they need like an hour to wake up, they make their coffee, they take their time, they, I don't know, check their social media, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. So is this something that's a personality type of preference or can sleep affect this? Like how you sleep affect this? Yeah, great question. Morning time actually is quite important for sleep. And also sleep can Im- impact how what we do, how we feel in the morning. Uh, most of us would experience this phenomenon called sleep inertia. That's when we transit from sleep to wakeful state. Um, when we wake up, rarely we would feel fra- refreshed within the first minute we opening our eyes. Most of us will feel a bit drowsy, we'll feel like uh, zombie, get slowly, you know, um, get our feet back on the ground. It's very normal, actually, but people definitely spend different lengths of time in this stage. I would say uh, a lot of time if you are night owl, then when you wake up in the morning, it takes longer for you to uh, feel fully ready. Oh. And also, but yeah. But it's not due to the length of sleep? Or let's say a night owl goes to bed at like, I don't know, a quote-unquote reasonable hour, let's say 9.30 or something. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. because they're a night owl in general, they'll have a harder time waking up in the morning? Based on what I heard, a lot of time it is. So uh, our circadian rhythm, our natural circadian rhythm definitely have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Also, a lot of night owls are not able to sleep based on their natural circadian window, right? Yes. So, yeah, they may wor- they may are forced to get up much earlier than what naturally their body wants to wake up. So it's yeah. going to be harder for them. Yeah. And is that changeable? Because I heard your interview, you're on the Pat Flynn podcast. Uh-huh. And loved the interview, if listeners want to go and take a listen to that. But he had said that really he is a night owl, but he had switched to this routine where he is waking up at like 5 a.m. or something after he he had kids to be able to work really well. And he found he could. Mm -hmm. So is that something that's changeable in people? Because that was really surprising to me. Most night owls will not make that change. Right, right. Actually, it's quite hard. I was very amazed by him switching it. Mm -hmm. Um, So there definitely there's ways to train it, teach it. For him, I think mindset, how to change how you think about sleep, how you think about your day really 
drive him, and、um, he switch whole sleep schedule around it. I think if we want switch, we don't only switch the、uh, waking up time. We have to switch the go to bed time.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's gonna be a little bit hard when our body. Does not feel sleepy at night,、yeah. and then we may develop some short-term symptoms of insomnia when we try to switch it. Normally, clinically, we don't switch it that harshly,、mm-hmm. but we can switch night out to a little bit more、uh, in the middle. The、um, the like. Just switch ahead several hours.、Mm-hmm. That's doable.、Um, but if you want to switch a night out totally to an early bird, it definitely hard. It's hard. Not only difficult to do, but there are some research right now talking about if you consistently sleep outside of your circadian、uh, rhythm window, like circadian misalignment, it may associate with some kind of health consequences. So we don't know for sure yet.、Uh, it's definitely behaviorally, it's doable,、mm, but the health consequence of that we don't know for sure. Ah, so then. When you think about that, it would actually be better to, let's say, have a work schedule or a type of job that fit your circadian rhythm better, as much as you could do that. Right, that would be ideal. Okay, I'm thinking about like I have one daughter who's a night owl, but she has to go to school. She's in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, I wanted to ask that question because she is a bear to get up in the morning. She's so difficult. And, uh, yeah, it's so hard for teens for children. Yes, and I know teens in particular need more sleep anyway. Yes, and a lot of school systems are not set up for that. I mean, I think we're starting to see some changes around that, at least in the U.S. and some of the European countries that I've read about. But in general, you know, they're not they're not starting school at noon for teens, right? <laughs> Right, they, they, I don't think they ever gonna start at noon. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's also hard because many of us tend to be a little bit、um, delayed phase during teenager age.、Um, even though many people will get back to more like a, a in the normal range. When they get older, when they become adults,、mm-hmm. so teenage time, a lot of teenagers have the、uh, late tendency. But you do want to figure out: it, are they a natural night owl, or there's some electronic device or some kind of distractions keep them up at night, so they are behavioral night owl. Yes, yes、uh-huh. so those behavioral things are really important. Like the phones go away. Mm-hmm. We've never had TV in the bedrooms, but you know the phones. It's like no, the phones go in the kitchen at a、That's、particular、good. hour at night. Yeah, and we negotiate that over the years. <laughs> you know, it keeps getting later for when they're teenagers. But right, still, it's like no, you need to be off your phone to give your body time to calm down, basically. Yeah. So regarding、uh, night owl like that. The morning routine can be quite important. When they get up every day,、uh, doing some kind of routine stuff, no matter it's short or、uh, long, and get some sunlight, natural sunlight into their eyes in the morning is also very important consistently because our circadian rhythm is regulated by our eyeball 
our eyeball perceive the natural sunlight, and that can set an anchor for our whole day. So, you know, we rebuild these new days circadian rhythm. Okay, so even if they yell at you, it's actually a good idea to open the blind some and let some sunlight into their room.、Uh, yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> Now, I did have a friend who did a lot of traveling, and he always said that he exposed his armpits to the sunlight when he would get to a new location, and that would help、uh, with jet、mm. lag reset his clock. Have you ever heard that? I haven't heard about that. I don't think、um, sunlight really goes through there. It does not really go through our skin directly regulate our、uh, whole biological clock.、Mm-hmm. It mostly goes through our eyes. Through our eyes. Okay. Yeah, but if that works for him, that's great. I'm, I'm wondering whether it's more like a soothing or、uh, some other kind of effects, or maybe there's something I don't know yet. Yeah, This field is quite young, quite young. Only fifty years of research so far. Yeah. So we are coming to the end of our time here, but I did want to let the listeners know that you have launched a whole podcast around sleep, and I absolutely love the name. It's called Deep <laughs> Into Sleep. I was like, oh my gosh, that is a perfect name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually,、uh, Pat Flynn helped me come up that name. Oh, so he did. Into, yes. Oh my gosh, I was like, that's a perfect name for a podcast, for a product, for a website, like all of it. I really love it. So yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I want to launch that podcast to cover the gap between the science sleep science field and the public knowledge. About sleep, I notice a lot of people don't know a lot about sleep. So I want to use this podcast to interview a lot of people, either people who struggle with sleep disorder before or right now, and experts, doctors, psychologists, to you know help people understand there's hope when we we cannot sleep well. There's hope. There's way to help us. Absolutely, there is. Yes, so I so looking forward to it, and I've already enjoyed the episodes you've aired. And so, please let people know how do they find your podcast, and how do they find you if they'd like to work with you personally. Oh yes,、uh, so my website for the podcast is deepintosleep dot co. And people can just、uh, listen to the podcast directly from the website, or find the podcast、um, on iTunes or any of other platforms. If people want to work with me, there are also a link to my CBTI group, my treatment in the same website. Link to my own private practice. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here today and being on the podcast. And I wish you wonderful sleep. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is great. Oh, one more question. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Did your dad's sleep ever improve once you became a sleep expert? <laughs> yes, actually, his sleep definitely got better because the first thing I went back to China after I learned sleep for about a year is to get him. We had to travel far within China to find a sleep center. So we live in northern China. We travel to the southern China to first a sleep study, get diagnosed, and then got him a CPAP machine. He used it for、uh, not very long, for a little bit. He already felt. 
improvement. He does not snore that much anymore, not that loud anymore, and he does not need to get up to use restroom as often. Wow! So a CPAP, people do not have to use it forever. They could use it just for a brief period of time. It depends.、Uh, I think for my dad's age and severity, his severe、uh-huh. level. He actually needs to use CPAP for much longer, and then decide.、Um, but he cannot get used to the mask, unfortunately. So he stopped it himself.、Okay. But I do know some people, if they got diagnosed relatively early, or for the severity level, they may not be able to wear that for the rest of their life. Ah, interesting. I didn't know that. Well, again, thank you so much for being here, and I'm glad to hear your dad got improved sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm glad too. I just hope he can use CPAP more. <laughs> yes, and、um, and I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Truly enjoying today's episode. Remember that you can get free hypnosis downloads over at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. D R L I Z hypnosis.com. I work all over the world doing hypnosis, so if you're interested in working with me, please schedule a free consultation over at my website, and we'll see what your goals are and if I can be of service to you in helping you reach them. Finally, if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast or tell a friend. That way, more and more people learn about the power of hypnosis. All right, everyone, have a wonderful week. Peace. <music>